Good morning. It's Friday, September 3rd, 2021. I am going to be talking to you while I'm on the road. I'm actually not in my normal setup. You might notice it sounds a little bit different. I tried something new. Was it yesterday? Yeah. And that was actually from the normal location with a little bit different um, plug-in and, and just sort of I'd say desktop setup, and I didn't like it. I'm going to go back to my usual uh, this Tuesday. So this will be my last show for the weekend, Labor Day weekend. I hope you guys are able to get out and do something and take a break from the insanity, the pandering, the ridiculous uh, lipstick on a pig show that's going on. That's uh, one of my favorite phrases, or perfume on a fit on a pig, but... Either way, there's major spin going on, and the rehabilitation of Joe Biden's presidency is in full effect. He's participating it almost as we speak. Right now, it's about uh, 8.30 Pacific time. He did an address this morning trying to be excited about the economy and the job report that just came out today which was anticipated to be about 750,000 some odd jobs added, turned out to be only 250,000 or so jobs added. Um, That's a big miss. It's a huge miss. Uh, I mean, the expectations are typically only off by 50 to 100,000. And if the numbers aren't where the expectations were, but if they're even close, Wall Street's already concerned. Um, and you can see it today. The funny part, when Biden comes out there, he really wanted to focus on um, unemployment coming down to, I think, around 5.7 or whatever. We're nowhere near we were in February of 2020 when Trump had really taken, you know, taken his agenda and flexed it. And we were really seeing the gains in the beginning of something special, which would have led to a cakewalk of a second term of his and a much better life for all of us right now. But February 2020, we had our lowest unemployment, our best job numbers, and as I was reading it today, we're $5 million plus off where we were in February 2020. So we still have over 5 million jobs to gain back to get back to where we were. <clears throat> and Biden's out there telling us how fantastic everything is and how we're this is part of his you know build back America or build back better plan that's, you know, miraculously come into effect over eight months. And anybody watching this, I mean, I I was actually getting gas while I was listening to this on the radio. And I'm in uh, an area I'm not usually in. I'm in a different state. And the gas prices were almost $4 a gallon for regular unleaded. And we're not talking... Hawaii, California, it's pretty concerning. And everything in the gas station convenience store is more expensive. From milk to juice to bread, it's all going up. So while Biden's talking to you and telling you how great the economy is, because we're still adding jobs, he wants to say it's 250,000. That number is means nothing. Okay, there's a number that economists come together and agree upon that is critical, absolutely critical for monthly, quarterly, and annual jobs growth. 
Okay, especially when we have to be in a recovery, which we're supposedly still in now. I mean, things got so bad in 2020, anything's a recovery this year. Okay, I mean, it, it doesn't take much to get us adding some jobs. So to come out there and say, hey, try to paint 250,000 jobs added, which are over half a million short of the expectation or the forecast, to try to paint that as a success is just like trying to paint the withdrawal from Afghanistan is a success. You can't do it. <clears throat> well, you can try to paint it, but you can't change the outcome. And this is what the Democrats, the left, and the liberals will never understand, is that the results matter more than the activity. The results matter more than the program name, Build Back Better, than the uh, intention, than what you did, what you protested, what you wore, how you identified. That in and of itself, those are not results. <clears throat> the results are what we saw today, the jobs report. It was crap. So I don't care what you're doing. We need to fix the result. What does he want to do? They want to go out <clears throat> and they want to spend $3.5 on this massive bill on top of the infrastructure that already passed the Senate. Now the Democrats want to bypass procedure, want to flex their majority, Right? They have it, and this is a critical time for them. And there's already been a couple op-eds written out there that it's going terribly for Democrats, which it is. The dreams they had when not only Biden won, supposedly, and then Warnock and the other guy, the other senator in Georgia won. They picked up the seat in Arizona and took over the Senate. All of that happened by the end of January of this year. It was their dream, materializing. And what have they done with it? Well, first of all, they didn't get to surf into their terms on the backs on the backs of Trump and his people and what they did to fight the pandemic and get a vaccine out and really take COVID on while not crushing our economy and not mandating us into total unemployment and obscurity. That's the success that any halfway decent historian in 10 years will recognize. What 2020 was and what it could have been had Joe Biden been president. We have a comparison because the pandemic didn't stop. At least the virus didn't go away. Viruses don't do that. Right. And rather than live with it and figure things out to keep things open, Biden's people, CDC, Fauci, they're advising, hey, we need to shut down more mandates, more masks and become more and more totalitarian, totalitarian. Not quite as bad as New Zealand, which is horrifying, right? One case in Australia, they're the same. They shut down. New Zealand has cops on every corner. You're likely to get shot if you're outside without a mask in New Zealand. And that witch of a prime minister is one of the most obnoxious, condescending liberals in the history of liberalism. And I'm, I'm comparing her to Nancy Pelosi, Elizabeth Warren. I mean, this lady is Darth Vader. And don't kid yourself, Biden and his people would have it the same way. They would have daily briefings on it. They want COVID and their control to be front and center on every news channel and in your homes every day. They don't want to deal with Afghanistan. They don't want to deal with the economy. <clears throat> they want that to just take care of itself. The economy doesn't affect the liberal elite. These are not business owners. 
These aren't people invested in their communities, even though they're the ones that use that term all the time, right? They think investing in their community is buying the occasional $10,000, $20,000, $50,000 plate charity dinner, right? These aren't people that ever really had a real job. Barack Obama never had to worry about meeting a payroll. He never had a job. I mean, community activist, frankly, is a hobby. It's something working people do when they have a little bit of free time. It's not something you do as a career, nor is being a White House staffer. It really shouldn't be. That is against everything our founding fathers intended. The, our entire setup is to have people from our community, not as a career, but as part of their journey to be a part of leading this country, whether it's as a representative, a senator, or president. These career politicians, the swamp, <clears throat> are the ones that love going to the government for every solution. So whether it's for COVID, or for the economy, for anything else, right? Abortion, the government's the answer, right? So if the economy's not doing well, they're going to print more money, and they want to pass this $3.5 trillion stimulus. As I read it this morning, already $5 trillion's been spent on fighting the pandemic. $5 trillion of taxpayers' dollars has been dumped into maintaining whatever the hell is they maintained with that money during the pandemic. And you know of that $5 trillion. Remember the Kennedy Center got $50 million. I mean, it was a pork fiesta, right? I doubt anybody listening to this show has seen any dime of what the pandemic relief has been intended for. I hope you did. I hope I do know some people that were assisted by the small business help during the worst part of the pandemic when it when it first kicked off in 2020. That was Trump's team. And um, that's, you know, Kudlow and those guys. It was it was really well done, difficult because millions of people applied far from perfect, but it, it did what it did. A number of businesses that were still viable before the pandemic were able to use it to maintain and reopen. There were a lot of businesses that closed that were on their last leg. And all, all the pandemic did was compress the timeline. It was inevitable, truly inevitable. Not the inevitable that Joe Biden likes to use when describing the complete disaster in Afghanistan. Because I'm sorry, in most cases, we're, especially when we're dealing with the United States military, Nothing's inevitable, right? We don't go into a mission and lose and say, well, that was inevitable. No, no. We go in to win. Like George Patton said, American, Americans love a winner. But now the government's going to be the answer for everything even more so. Now, what's good with the stimulus deal <clears throat> is Joe Manchin, senator from West Virginia, who is definitely a moderate, dare I say in some areas, a conservative Democrat, which is a unicorn, I mean, you really, they don't exist anymore. He wants to put what's called a strategic pause on these discussions. Bernie Sanders tried to break him this week in meetings. Um, the Democratic caucus, whatever one of their caucuses, one of their left-wing nut bar caucuses released a statement saying basically uh, the environment's falling apart, you know, and they love to look at recent events, look at hurricanes, fires, floods, you know, they'll pimp out anybody. I mean, bodies are still floating in the water, and a Democrat will come to the podium and tell you, we've got to do something for the environment. Hey, bitch, why don't you throw somebody a life raft before you start worrying about carbon emissions? 
Okay, AOC's out there on Twitter, raving nutcase. I mean, if she wasn't nice to look at on occasion, no one would listen to her. Let's just be real. Okay, I mean, we get it. All right, bartender, we get why people like you. Let that be enough. But no, she keeps talking. And, you know, I, I can't listen to it. I have to look at a transcript because the frequency, she hits that, that pitch and that tone that makes me want to take a pen and shove it through my eye socket. When I hear her voice, there's a moment I want my life to end. It's just a moment. Not that I do it to myself. I just feel like that the pain needs to be relieved. And maybe if God would just take me in that moment, I could, I could experience the sense of relief that I yearn for when that woman opens her mouth. <clears throat> because she's a Democrat, because she's a liberal, she's not self-aware. And so she'll just keep talking. And she's talk, she was saying <clears throat> that basically fossil fuels and the future of our world are not compatible, right? That you can't sustain our life if we depend on fossil fuels. Well, that's cute because we're going to be depending on fossil fuels in some way, shape, or form for at least another 50 years. I mean, it'd be great if everything we had now would work on electricity and wind. It doesn't. It's not even close. It's not even economically feasible. So they just spew this nonsense, and that 40% I talk about will buy into it. They don't think about results. They don't care about results. They like how it sounds. Shovel-ready, green-collar jobs, as Obama talked about, that never materialized. That term will come back. So that's what the $3.5 trillion beyond stimulus, I mean, it is a <clears throat> mega bill, is looking to do. But Manchin's standing in the way. And good for him, because if he if he caves, the Democrats have the votes in the Senate, right? The House is going to rubber stamp this. The Democrats are rushing this, putting pressure on Manchin. They're dying to pass this. And I was hoping the other somewhat moderate Democrat, Kristen Sinema from Arizona, would be with Manchin on this. I don't think she is. And so Manchin's saying the right thing. He's saying, hey, we just spent $5 trillion. We don't need to spend another $3.5 And, of course, the Democrats are going to use fear tactics that have backfired a bit on them. I think when Chuck Schumer ran out right after the uh, Hurricane Ida made its way northeast and flooded, he, he came a little too quick with this climate change stance, right? And he got hammered for it. I mean, completely tone deaf, embarrassed himself, and, you know, I mean, rescue efforts were still ongoing, and the guy's trying to leverage it in his own state, because New York was one of the states in the path of what became a really brutal storm. I mean, just, Ida, Ida did a tremendous amount of damage. It's scary when you see the pictures, and there are already concerns that not enough's being done in states like Louisiana. Because remember, Biden is not looking at really accomplishing anything right now unless it repairs his image. His polls are tanking. He's losing um, on the approval ratings. I think now his, his overall approval is in the low 40s, which is disastrous, especially in your first year as president. You're, the honeymoon's supposed to go a little longer than this. And albeit most Americans don't want to still be in Afghanistan, <clears throat> the majority are giving him the worst possible grades. 
on how it was executed, how the withdrawal was. So he's freaking out. His people are freaking out. Midterms are going to be here before you know it. And the guy has no clue, absolutely no clue what, what to do to, to recover. But he's going to keep, they're going to keep hammering away. This morning's speech on the jobs report shows how they're not going to care about what's happening, any result. They're going to spend everything they can as some kind of result as the build back better. If it's, if it's related to the economy, that is going to be the answer to them. And you won't, you won't believe your eyes and ears when they really get going. This was just, this was just the beginning. And, uh, this is, um, this is our life for at least another year and a half. I don't know how Biden gets past the midterms, but if I had to bet on it, I'd say he limps his way the remaining three years and change as president in name only. I don't think he's actually president right now. Um, he's got people propping him up, telling him what to say, and they're all quite shocked at where they are right now. They never imagined they'd be this underwater and that the pandemic would still be raging against them and showing them that, that everything they believed, everything they've done is wrong. And they won't admit that. They won't admit that the new mask study shows that if you're not wearing an N95 that's pr- perfectly fitted, you're wasting your time. They're, they don't like that natural immunity studies out of Israel show that natural immunity is better than two Pfizer shots. That is a disaster for them because getting the shot and pushing the shot is a cornerstone of their agenda. I mean, it's, it's, it's Biden's presidency. He won because of COVID. So this has to be something he continues to drive because it's one thing he can say he delivered to his supporters, at least. Most of us do not want the government in any way, shape, or form telling us what to do. And there's so much irony. There's always irony when the left takes a stance. That's the best thing about them. And, and I, a few of you that listen that know me would probably classify me as somebody that was pretty good at speech and debate. One of the things I learned early on was defeating somebody wasn't my job. It was more their job. Let, let the opponent defeat his or herself. Because the more they spoke, the more emotional they became, the less ground they gained. And that, that was the case every time. I mean, you, you absolutely, 100% would win a debate if you asked the right questions and let a liberal twist. Because they're never consistent. They'll take a stance in the moment because it feels good and it's popular. And like I said the other day, it's easy. It's easy being a liberal. You don't have to stand really against anything difficult. In the United States, being a liberal is protesting with police protection. It's doing what you feel and never being held accountable. Because you can typically, even if you're a white male, you can tell somebody who criticizes you that they're exercising their privilege. And so you're, you're protected from ever being wrong. And now we have in Texas the biggest meltdown we've seen in a while from the left on the abortion ban. And it's the heartbeat law that many of us support. I do. And they're so vulnerable on this issue. 
the left. They really are because they they dis, they say things. They talk about right to health care, and when you when you reference abortion as a health care right or health care access issue, you're talking about ending something that has a heartbeat in a under a premise of health care. It I don't. It doesn't matter how you spin that or what context you're arguing under. That does not work ever. And so Governor Abbott in Texas shamelessly, with men and women alike behind him cheering, signed that bill into law. And it went into effect this week on September 1st. And the screech has not abated. They are freaking out and aligning on arguments that are, are just terrible. You, you, you have the network news, the ABCs, the CBSs, they can't even hide it. And what's sick, and Tucker Carlson talked about this last night, I had to look it up for myself. One of the networks, when referencing the heartbeat law, which is roughly six weeks, referred to it as a so-called heartbeat. So remember, with liberals, kind of go back. We talk about not having standards, how easy it is. We also talk about how they can really be sociopaths. When it comes to something that makes them uncomfortable to confront, if there's morality brewing anywhere in them over the years as a liberal, they have crushed it. And they don't know this because they proclaim to be the most moral and that Republicans and the right are amoral. And they've conditioned themselves and each other over time to believe that beyond ever looking within themselves and asking any questions about whether something is truly right or wrong, or when they use the word justice, social justice, is that really applicable? Are we talking justice? Because when they say things like reproductive justice, remember, you hear that word, run for the hills. That is their big shield they're going to throw up. If you're discussing something with a liberal, which I wouldn't even bother anymore, I stopped. I just make fun of them. I just laugh at what they say. I do not engage. I just don't. I might ask a couple questions. They get mad. They spit a little bit when they yell, and it's over. But if they're wearing a mask and a face shield, saran wrap around their face, I guess I'm okay when they freak out. But they say things like social justice or reproductive justice, they're talking about abortion. So they they have the nerve, the moral ineptitude, if that even applies. Sounds good. I like sounding smart once in a while. It, they actually will say reproductive justice to protect a woman's right to destroy a fetus with a heartbeat. To destroy a life. I'm sorry. I don't know how much more clear it can be than an existing heartbeat. And if you disagree, that's fine. I don't hate you. And if, if abortion becomes the law of the land, and it it is so by the means protected by our Constitution, then that is fine. Because for anyone screaming like they did on the Capitol st- steps in Austin this week, what a show that is. If you didn't see it, you can expect everything 
you've normally seen in a women's march protest for a hypersensitive issue on the left. I mean, they look the same. Sorry. Okay, I, I do tend to agree with Rush Limbaugh when he says that liberalism and feminism, in per se, feminism, was created so that unattractive women would have a voice in the political process. Sorry, the evidence is clear every time there's video of these events. It's kind of horrifying. And the irony is there, it always is there, like I said before, when these women that I'm referring to as best I can without saying terms hypothetically like ugly, unattractive, horrific, monstrous, frightening, just those are hypothetical terms, not that I'm applying those terms to these women in any way, shape, or form. I wouldn't dare do that. When you see the video, it's true Rush was right, shockingly. By his own third-party statistics, he was right 98.7675% of the time. Well, he was right on this one with regard to feminism and why it exists. But these are women standing on the steps, acting as if sex is flying out of the skies at them. That they are apt to get pregnant by a full, fully functioning, sane, non-vision-impaired male. That that is a risk at any point. And that their birth control rights are being taken away, which I guess is a bad thing. When I, Again, I'm not going to say that. Okay, going back. That their birth control rights are being taken away by the state of Texas because they cannot get an abortion after six weeks. And they're mad about it. And they're protesting socially distanced and masked outside, which is actually an, a positive, I think, in this case, because of COVID, for obvious, obviously, that's what I meant. And um, they're saying things again, like, my body, my choice. Wow. Thank you for being who you are again. Your body, your choice. Okay, how many of you believe that vaccines would should be mandated? I bet every one of these individuals, these Rubenesque humans protesting on the steps of the Austin Capitol would tell you that vaccines should be mandated in the same breath they tell you my body, my choice. It's always this way with them. They're never consistent. They're hypocrites. They only say these things. They only believe these things when they apply to them and the, the, the issue that they're emotionally attached to in the moment. It doesn't ever apply for a liberal in all things. Nothing they believe does. Nothing. Because they're allowed to switch. They're allowed to apply something to you and not to themselves. You wear a mask. You don't dine at restaurants. But Gavin Newsom will. You don't go get your hair done. You don't go to the salon, but Lori Lightfoot, mayor of Chicago, will. You don't get to choose vaccines. You don't get to do this with your body. We are going to tell you what to do. Oh, but wait, you want to tell me I can't have an abortion after six weeks? It's my body, my choice. They're nuts. They're absolutely nuts. And this is an issue. They, they have, what, what's amazing about the left on this, and if, if anybody tries to listen to this as a liberal and wants to just listen in and do so to attack me. And this would be down the road. If this podcast becomes something that's widely listened to, I'm doing it as much as I can either way. I don't care. And for a long time, but for those of you that are upset about this, you did this to yourselves and you deserve it. You did this to yourselves a couple years ago. When you started on the state level, digging in 
and protecting late-term abortion. That is your fault. You made that sandwich. Eat it. Because what you did was created a war. You did. When you started flexing, when you decided to be activists on this issue because Orange Man was bad, and it was something you wanted to do, and it wasn't, it was too much for you that some states were fighting late term abortion, that that became something Trump talked about. You started screaming Roe v. Wade, and you started digging your heels in on issues like late term abortion. And the backhand came, and it came for everything. And we're not done because we got two hands and we can do it multiple times. So Texas is where it starts. And I don't think you can stop this train. You can try, but all you do is give us material to work with, to laugh at you, to show others how inconsistent you are, how sociopathic you are, and how wrong you are. But you did this to yourselves. You don't like to remember anything, liberal. You like to forget and move on. You don't care that you said one thing about COVID last year when Trump was president and you say another this year. You don't care that your president was all about nation building in Afghanistan and is different now. Not because he changed with new information. He's not man enough to, to say that because he's you. He's a liberal. You guys are lost. And if the Republicans actually align and actually lock arms on things and compromise a little bit, you're screwed. You're absolutely toast. You're toast for decades. So you're done. You can't win on issues. So you're going to have to keep doing what you're doing. Keep scaring people. That is what you got. You will scare people. And you'll get some votes. I don't think you get enough next time. Not in 2022, unless you can somehow keep the pandemic going and do what you might pull off in this recall, like you did in 2020 with the uh, presidential election, and is get ballots to everybody and get people filling them out in, in droves, in packs. Because it's not about voters. It's about votes with you people. But I'm glad you lost this one, and I'm glad you're upset. I don't care if you're upset. I don't care. But enough of the hypothetical discussion with people that I never hang out with. Why? Why, why it, it, it's not what it was 20, 30 years ago when you can have a debate with a liberal and it was somewhat on issues. Those days are gone. You talk to them, you get attacked. You pass a bill, totally legal, upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court in Texas. You pass a bill protecting the lives of babies and you have people on the news <clears throat> talking about sharp decline in abortions this week as if I'm supposed to be upset. That, you dimwit, is the result we intended when we supported that bill. Decreasing abortions. What the hell did you think this was about? It's not healthcare. You lost. You made this a massive issue a few years ago and you stirred up a hornet's nest. And the Republican base is more socially conservative than ever. And this victory is going to give people, I'll admit it, like me, something to think about. Like, hey, maybe, maybe there are more people that are pro-life enough to get behind legislation that turns out to be constitutional. 
And so there's, I mean, this is the domino effect from this is going to be of epic proportions. I mean, they've got, they're going to put pressure. I think it's Breyer, the Supreme court justice. That's a super duper lib who's old. He's in his eighties and he's 85. Who's talking about this being his last term. They're going to pressure him. I, I don't see him risking someone like Trump winning. So Breyer, you're going to get a liberal replacement from Breyer, but based on process and the fact that they've got a full left Congress right now, Breyer has got to retire. There you go. It works before the midterms while the Democrats control both the house and the Senate. That is the key for Joe Biden to go out and find an activist leftist Supreme court justice. And boy, he will. Holy mackerel. Just imagine someone like Kamala Harris in a black robe. <clears throat> wouldn't be surprised to be nominated her if she wasn't VP. They don't care. They don't care about experience or anything like that. But th- that's just one thing. This there was already pressure on Breyer. That pressure is now going to be way beyond what it was a week ago because they're freaking out. Good. I love them on the defensive. We got to keep them there. Jim Pisaki couldn't maintain any composure yesterday. One of the reporters, God love him asked about the law and referenced Joe Biden's Catholic faith and how abortion is completely counter to it. And and he pinned her. And you watch a feminazi, when she gets uncomfortable, she will go to her, make the argument about her and about women only. Which in a wonderful twist of irony, again, as covered, covered by Tucker last night, doesn't apply anymore. This isn't a women's issue, right? You can't use terms like birthing people. You can't tell me for about two years now that men can have babies and then come back and say abortion or the right to choose is a women's issue. Again, you did it to yourselves. You guys are, you guys are, are improving at being morons at a rate I can't keep up with. Like I said, they defeat themselves. There's no debating them. Ask them, how is this a women's issue? Well, what do you mean? Well, you, you, I've heard you talk about birthing people. Can't men have babies now? Which is it? Watch, watch that twister form right in front of you. It's another Hurricane Ida right there at the table. You ask those questions. Jen Psaki did it. You've never been pregnant, she tells the guy. Like millions of other people, men and women alike, lady, congrats on being pregnant. Okay, it's an accomplishment, yes. What's the result? Is your kid an asshole? Don't brag to me about being pregnant until you raise a decent child, a decent human being. Okay? Getting someone pregnant or getting pregnant is just the beginning. I want to know about the result. Talk to me when that kid's 18. Tell me who they're voting for before I get excited about you being pregnant, before I do cartwheels at your shower. Some of y'all that do get pregnant Sorry, the first reaction from the rest of us is a little bit cringe. Holy shit, what kind of kid is he or she going to raise? But Jen Psaki, you've never been pregnant. Snaps at a male reporter asking why Catholic Joe Biden supports abortion. She got real uncomfortable. She got pinned and she showed herself. She was almost as red in the face as her hair is red. It's pretty impressive. She got flush. And so they're, they're in a place we love to have them. They're on the ropes. And you know, I, I don't know if impeachment is the way we go here. It ain't going to happen. Everyone's mad at McConnell 
which is easy to get mad at McConnell because he screws up a lot and he says stupid things and he was anti-Trump and I'd love for him to be replaced by a Republican. Let's not hammer him so bad that we let a Democrat move in on him somehow. But McConnell's saying basically impeachment's not going to happen. Well, he's right. It's not going to happen in any immediate future because you need control of the House for it unless it's something crazy egregious. And Biden and the House... Democrats have aligned on the message that this is a victory and it's extraordinary success. It's the greatest airlift in the history of mankind. She dare not ask questions and the people left behind are not going to be talked about because they should have gotten out a long time ago. F them. That's it. Best I could summarize it. And so there's no impeachment. And if we win the House, which I think we got a great shot, and we, and we win the Senate back in 2022, will there be impeachment then? Should we strategically pursue it? Let's not be like them, guys. Let's not do anything because it feels good. I'm not saying we shouldn't. But do we really want to impeach someone, Joe Biden, over a phone call? Because people are talking about it. Because it was embarrassing and ridiculous that they tried to impeach Biden or Trump over his phone call with the president from the Ukraine. That was stupid. Do we need presidents wondering about every phone call they have as an impeachable offense? Private phone calls? I mean, yeah, there's transcripts, there's recordings, sure. But I've read what he said to this guy, Ghani, who's hiding with his millions, that was spo- who was supposed to be the president of Afghanistan. It's politically embarrassing. We got enough out of it. It looks like the Joe Biden we know. It looks like the Democrat liberals we know. Talking about making something look the way it needs to. He didn't come out and say it, but it's because he was planning on a big celebration and a big hoopla and a big pat on the back for himself and everybody else on 9-11 which is in eight days, 20th anniversary of those attacks. That was the plan. Get him out by then, have the headline. It's going to be there. He's going to have the headline. It won't be what he wanted it to be. He won't be universally praised by even most on the left. There's just too much we know about the screw-up. There are people still messaging back, begging for their lives to get them out. And the State Department is finally allowing private operations to go in and get people, right? I mean, there are brave, very conservative, right-wing people, of course. Nobody from the left is going to save women, right? The true feminists are us, our people, the ones we donate money to. We're contracting guys like Chuck fucking Norris to go in there and get these people out. So the State Department, I'm reading, is finally getting out of the way. So thank goodness, because I don't care how we do it. I don't care how many bodies we stack. If they're Taliban or ISIS, let's stack them high. On the way in, on the way out. But we need to get our people. And so I don't see any big-time celebrations on September 11th while we still have Americans behind enemy lines. I appreciate you guys listening in. I hope it sounded okay. I'll be back in my normal setup on Tuesday. Today's um, Friday, September 3rd, before Labor Day. Be careful. Have a good time. Try not to follow any of these mandates that are designed to not only control you, but ruin your weekend. I hope you can be with family, be with people that are entertaining, that are somewhat like-minded and not a big bore like liberals are, especially on a holiday. I hope you're spared from that. I hope you have a great weekend and I will see you next Tuesday and we will have plenty to talk about, I'm sure. Take care, God bless, and have a good time.